You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome in and welcome back from the hockey all-star break. It's Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by EP Ringsides, D-Magazines, Shap shots, he's all over the place. Our NHL guru, Sean Shapiro. Sean, I am donning a light blue fleur-de-lis jacket with the Quebec Nordiques that says Colisée de Quebec, Quebec City, Quebec. That does not. Now, here's my fashion question to you. I grew up following the Stastny's, an Adams Division fan. I am not supporting the Colorado Avalanche by wearing this, correct? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I think you're okay. Good. I think you're okay. Good. Good. Because I took it off for a second because I was like, all right, I don't want anyone thinking I'm an Avalanche fan. But I guess it's like wearing Hartford Whalers gear. Are you a Carolina fan? It's like, nah, I kind of like the Great Whale, you know? I like the throwback. I had that one. I had a California Golden Seals, which was a great throwback. So, anyway. I love I love wearing the old NHL and uh, minor league defunct team gear. I think it's a lot of fun. So we're back on Spits and Suds. Monday night was a memorable evening at the barn, the AAC, as the Stars pick up a, wow, 3-2 to two victory in overtime, which is a change from the 3-2 to two losses that they were facing uh, against the Ducks. But it was Jamie Benn's 1,000th game, and I thought they did a good job of recognizing Jamie with a nice tribute. Uh, so my question to you, Sean, as a guy who has covered and been and traveled with the team, um, being so close to Jamie Benn, what, what, what are your thoughts? You basically saw him grow up, and he referenced that Dallas means the world to him because he grew up here. And I wanted to get your overall thoughts. I, uh, I mean, he, it's, I think the Jamie Ben's career is both. I I think people forget how impressive Jamie Ben's career is at times because it's, he's, he's, he's been understated. There was a peak where he was one of the top five players in the world at one point, but between what happened with the contract and kind of how some things have gone, like, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, outside of Dallas sometimes like I was I saw something the other day actually today where um, there's a guy who does a like a future hockey hall of fame stuff and like looking at things and like he brought up the point where it's like no player that's any player that has won the Art Ross so far there's no player that's won the Art Ross that isn't that sorry there's no eligible player for the hockey hall of fame that that has won the Art Ross that isn't in the hockey hall of fame and so like you're talking about things where Jamie is I don't know if he's a lot sure lock or everything, but he's got a resume good enough that puts him into hockey hall of fame conversation, even 
with kind of the fact even even if he never wins a Stanley Cup right now. And so it's it's something that I think it's kind of lost. Um and it, it's kind of it's it's the very weird career where the goalposts almost have moved multiple times. It's there was the overly there was he came in, there was the hype, there was the over expectations, there was the contract, there was the rather public bashing from the uh from the ownership when things weren't going with how they thought the contract would go through Jim Light's mouth. And and then and then he kind of falls back and now he's kind of having this resurgence or the renaissance, right? As as the term we've been using to yeah. kind of move the goalposts back to higher expectations. Just a very interesting career to look at because it's not uh it's not one where it's like it's been the Jamie. When you if I, you ask me about Jamie Ben's career, it's almost like okay, which part of it? Because it's 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 changed so much. It's it's a very interesting career arc to look at. Well, I also wanted to ask you from a media perspective, and I, I don't know if listeners of this podcast pick up on this, but you know when he does press conferences or when he's you know, asked yeah. in the locker room after the game. I I know you just get off the ice and you got three or four people just pounding you with questions, but. His his questions are, I mean, his answers are short and almost curt to a little bit. Um, but there's a whole nother side of the man, right? I mean, this is, you know, yeah. I think it's just coming off the ice and, and suffering a tough loss. And, you know, it's one of those situations, correct? Yeah, he's also, Jamie is also very much, um, he's someone who is, He's kind of like it's gonna say I, one of my reads on Jamie is he's actually, and it's it kind of sounds silly to say this about an NHL player, but it's true. He's actually kind of a shy person, right? Like he's someone who he is. If if he wasn't a pro athlete, he would probably keep to himself completely. He's someone who has personality and connects with people who are in his circle, the people he trusts, and things like that. But at the at the end of the day, he's doesn't like to put himself out into the world just like any introverted shy person would be. And it's kind of funny just to see a person like that in the captaincy role. And it works because Jamie, the team is his circle of trust, right? He can be himself. He can do that. It's we get pieces of it when we see the the mic'd up thing and everything like that because it kind of breaks through that shield. But the Jamie we see through post games and things like that it's someone who for lack of a better word you're talking about a person who's like at their core a very shy person and get microphone stuffed in their face and Mm -hmm. i I actually get it like i've had good conversations with jamie i've talked to him we've had good talks and he's been a really good human to me and when we've talked and everything like that and i just i i think it's something where we need to kind of keep that in mind a little bit more when we look at the call and response Q and a, because Jamie does not for just a person with his kind of demeanor doesn't do, you're not going to get much out of them, no matter what they do as a profession. Like, yeah, I, I just, I think that's something that kind of gets lost on the like, Hey, pro athlete makes millions of dollars. Also a human. That's, yeah. that's another thing. Too. Uh, it's an interesting <laughs> point. And, and yeah. I will say, you know, one of the images that I'll always remember of Jamie Ben was after the loss in the Stanley cup, locker room empty except for him with his head down yeah that yeah. that that to me said a lot without any words of mm-hmm. how much he cares and and also the the respect of his teammates 
but also the respect, uh, you know, around the league uh, of Jamie Ben, uh, you know, on the ice. And you hear a lot of good things in that respect. And, you know, probably to me, hockey more than other sports, um, word would travel fast if that was not the case. Yes. Yeah. So. I mean, he would be, it's, it's, it's also the other nature of it too, is the Dallas hockey market is a bit odd too, from yeah. a perspective of he's not, um, he doesn't have to answer a lot of the questions that captains and other markets do. And I think it's something where honestly, like I talked to former stars coach Rick bonus about this when they went through the decision to uh, take the uh, captaincy away from uh, in Winnipeg, when they went to take the captaincy away from, uh, from uh, like, like Wheeler and, uh, and how he, Rick was telling me how it's very difficult to be a captain in a Canadian market because it's like you have to answer for everyone all the time, everything like that. And that's one of the reasons that the Jets took the captaincy away was they wanted to relieve that pressure. Um, in Dallas, you don't have as much of the, and it's funny because I'm talking, and like you and I have talked about this and we can be honest about it. Like the Dallas market, Jamie plays his thousandth game Monday night, but between the Dallas Cowboys signing an offensive, co- hiring yeah. a new offensive coordinator, between Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Mavericks, like it just, goes by the wayside like if he played his thousandth game with the minnesota wild and or with the worth with another place where it's bigger on the scene um this is a much bigger story it's a it's getting talked about in the community and just and, and i know you stars fans listening i'm not talking about you like we love all of you who are listening but we're just talking about the general populace that kind of misses kind of what happens because of how hockey is in this market. It's just a reality sometimes. Yeah. One of the other interesting storylines, um, and it kind of, you know, blossomed in a, a wonderful moment was the return of John Klingberg and kind of weird that he had not returned to the AAC, uh, was previously injured in their last meeting, but there was a moment where the whistle blew and they were behind the net skating Jamie grabbed onto his back and it all uh, looked like a, um, you know, uh, a mixed duo as far as figure skating. It was really, it was kind of cool to watch and they were having a good laugh about it and they were uh, catching up before the game. How do you think John Klingberg will be remembered? Uh, I give a stick tap to the stars for doing a tribute. I know the contract got in the way, but I think his contract and the way he played toward the end of the season, I don't want that to extinguish how good of a career he had with this franchise. I think people forget that he was not a high draft pick, how quickly he rose within the organization, the big goals he scored, and I think he improved defensively rather than regressed as he got older um, and worked within different systems. So. I'm a very positive John Klingberg guy, and one of the things I said before this season is I don't know playoff-wise if this team is going to be a wild card or not. They've clearly exceeded my expectations, but one of the reasons was, you know, can someone step up to replace the quarterbacking of John Klingberg? And you've mentioned this on the podcast as well. So those are my thoughts, and I wanted to get yours. I mean, I think John Klingberg will be remembered as a player that – um was much better than ever expected and he should be and is someone who honestly kind of uh 
if not for the stars winning the draft lottery and drafting Miro Heishkinen, he would still be here. Just that's, that's, that's just the reality of it. Like the fact is um, you went from a guy who at one point was legitimately in the, in the Norris conversation. And then when they drafted Miro and he came in all of a sudden it was hard. It's hard to be in the Norris conversation when you're not even the best defenseman on your own team. And I think that never really sat well, John, because he's a very proud player and always felt he should be in that upper tier of defensemen. Um, and I don't think he's there anymore, but he was for a little bit. And so I, I, I think the John Klingberg era, for lack of a better word, should be remembered as one where stars got more and more than they ever wanted and could have expected. And they, frankly, based off how this season is going, probably got out at the right time. And as we look forward to this age and player usage and things like that, where guys hit their prime more in their 23, 24, 25 season, maybe that's the, maybe that's the way of the future. Maybe you look at the John Klingberg history as like, you know what, the Stars did the right thing and they let someone else pay for the back end of it. So I, I, I think it's, it's, it's a bummer. He's not there anymore just because I think the personality he brought and how he helped. I do think he helped grow the game in Dallas. The fact, the way he got involved with the community, the way he, uh, the way he did uh, the Klinger's kids program. I think there's a lot of things that John Klingberg brings around that an organization can use. And th- those are missed, but from a hockey perspective, like I think they got everything they really wanted and needed out of John Klingberg in way more than they ever could have expected. So like, I don't, I don't, anyone who, like I saw someone on Twitter the other day saying like when they did the, the tribute, somebody like tried to boo him or something like that. Like no one should ever boo John Klingberg, like be happy for what happened. And you know what? Be happy that be happy that the exit happened the way it did almost. I I just, it's, I, I think it's very, there's some, there's a lot of nuance to the Klingberg conversation that sometimes gets lost. And that's what I've been trying. That's why I was hopefully any of my rambling touched on that sometimes. No, it's great. It's great. It's great. That's what this podcast is for. It's all about rambling and talking hockey and talking stars and talking uh, NHL as a whole. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive. That's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Millsy sent this tweet. Big fan of Spits and Suds. Millsy, we truly appreciate you uh, listening and supporting us. How do the stars get Mason Marchment going? First place problems, but this acquisition hasn't gone as well as I thought it would. So I said this at the time of Mason Marchment. I like him as a player, Sean. My concern was the year in Florida was the same year that Florida was setting records for scoring, and he was a third-line player. I questioned if that was a part of the Florida team and their offensive scheme or if it was Mason Marchment. I love how he plays. I love the size. I think the size and physicality he has brought has taken pressure off of Jamie Benn. So I'm not against this, but it does pose a question because, well, I'll say this. Pete DeBoer after was asked about Dennis Gurionov, who I think since his absence has played really well. And he says, yeah, keep going. Keep going, Dennis. Keep going. And, you know, I wish he would say, like, yeah, Dennis is really, you know, is good. I understand Dennis is a situation. But I think the question of Mason Marchment, like, what are you doing to get him going? I think that question needs to be asked. And I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um I mean, we still don't know what Marchment is, right? Like yeah. I, the thing, the, the thing for me that's just really interesting is, so he had the forty-seven point season in Florida last year. He played fifty-four games. Um, he as on the NHL level, he has played. This is he's about to play his fifty-third and fifty-fourth game this week, and he's gonna, he's going to hit it for lack of a better word. He's going to hit a wall that he's never hit before. Like he's never played like. As, as much as like that was the market for him, he was getting that type of contract offer from Carolina as well. Um, so that's what the market was to get him in here. But he's never, like I pulled up his Elite Prospects page right now. So 54 games last season was the most he's played in the NHL. The year before that, he played 33 in Florida. 2019-20 between 34 combined between the NHL and the AHL, 44 in the AHL the year before, 44 in the AHL the year before that, 44 games between, holy cow, he's played a lot of 44 game seasons, 44 games <laughs> between 2016-17 between the AHL and the ECHL. Uh, like, as a pro, he's never played this many games. And he did it last year in Florida on a team that was coming along and when you know it's a shorter season and when not a shorter season but when you but when you know that you're dealing with um like uh when you're dealing with a good team and everything like that like it's easy to kind of chug along and not hit that wall um the like i maybe this is like it's just the question of, of marchman like he came out with like gangbusters he was great and that looked like it was an extension of what happened in Florida last season. Maybe that was just a hot start. And this is more of who he is. And like, we, I don't know the answer to that. And obviously the stars for the investment that they put into this guy 
certainly hope that I'm wrong in that assessment, but there is a legitimate possibility that this is who Mason Marchman is. Mm-hmm. He's he's 27. As I said earlier, I talk about guys hitting their primes at 23, 24. Mason Marchman, when he was 23, 24 years old, was still bouncing back and forth between the NHL and the AHL. So maybe this is who Mason Marchman is. I hope I'm wrong, yeah. but it's also a possibility. And, like that, it's just a, it's just, and your, yeah. your opinion and others' opinion of him is kind of fogged up based on the start he had in the first few games, especially that you know start mm-hmm. he had with all the goals. Yeah. And people are like, all right, here we go. What a signing. And, and I'll say yeah. this. I mean, he plays hard. Um, you know, he goes at the net. He's had opportunities. Uh, just missed scoring a goal the other night. So, um, yeah, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you're going to play on those top lines, you got to get on the scoring sheet on a more regular basis. The other thing is, is he does take penalties. So, um, you know, I don't think it's cost the stars because they've been good on the kill. Uh, however, you know, it, it's one of those things where uh, of the stars players, he's up there as far as penalties. So. Let's hope he can uh, get going. And, that, and, and that's actually uncommon this year. That's something interesting because, like, I look at his career, and even if with him being a more physical player, he's never really been a bit of heavy penalty minute guy. Actually, like, he had he would he had fifty three with Florida last year. Which really think about that. That's like comes down to maybe one every other game. You got he like even in the OHL, he had, like he's never really even been a big penalty minute guy too. So that's yeah. actually almost the more frustrating thing. But that's also something that's reflected of the stars in general too. I think of they're committing way they do. They are committing too many penalties as a group, and he's part of that problem. Yeah. And a great question, Milzy. And if you want to ask any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at GJ Spittle. And uh, I'm happy as well as Sean to answer your questions or we put them on the podcast. And I like what Milzy said, first place problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's that, fair. That totally. All right, let's get to the D magazine article that just came out. Yeah penned by our own Sean Shapiro, which says Pete DeBoer is doing all the little things in the stars turnaround. So um, interesting where you talked about lessening Jamie Ben's minutes and how DeBoer did it and crafted it to, um, you know, the conversation. I I thought it was an interesting article because you're telling a captain, you're telling a star, Hey, you're going to play less more. You're going to play you're going to play less, but you're going to become more effective. That's not always the easiest conversation to have. Yeah, and, it, and it's something, too, where just like, and Pete even laid it out in that piece, and as when he and I spoke about it, it's, you go, there's a lot of veteran players, there's a lot of resumes in this league, and we how many times do we hear about veteran players, they, they get the benefit of the doubt, things like that, where you would have gone and said, and they, they, basically, they basically would have said, F that, I'm not going to go play on the third line with some kid. Like that would have been a like that happens in hockey. I mean, I know we all like to be like, like, oh, it's a video game. You can plug guys in. No, there's guys who are around the NHL who wouldn't do what Jamie Ben is doing. And the fact that Pete was willing to do that, and the fact Jamie Ben was willing to basically co-sign his demotion by promotion in a way, just unlocked so many other things for Pete DeBoer with his stars roster. I think. DeBoer, like when DeBoer came in, I'll be honest, I was a little bit, I was like, I was very mad about the hire when he came in. DeBoer was someone who I was like, okay, he's been around the NHL. He's fine. But is this really like you're ditching Rick bonus for this guy? Is this really, this is very meh for me. But looking at it now, looking at how things have played out, it's, 
I was wrong about that. And I'll say I'm, I was wrong about that. Like DeBoer has the, this is the spot where you needed a tweaker. You needed a guy who's going to come in and make tweaks and make the small fixes. And I, and that's who DeBoer is. And that's how he's been able to come in. He's been able to um, work things around and he's been, and he's done a great job of realizing that a team is a sum of its parts, as opposed to giving an image of what it has to be and forcing everyone into square into, into, into individual boxes. I think that's something that, I, Pete deserves more does he deserves more credit for that and also he deserves some more credit from like beginning of the season I mean I, I was very meh about the hire and I was wrong so good on Nil Jim Nil and the stars for, for for doing so yeah and you can check that article out on D magazine and please uh, support Sean in that cause that's wonderful I did want to ask about the line combos because mm-hmm. you, you were looking at Mason Marchment Radic Fox and Tyler Sagan and then we just talked about Ben on that third line. And that's why I wanted to talk about that with Wyatt Johnson and Delandria. Has do you think there's been talk about moving Wyatt Johnston temporarily up to the second line to to help uh, Sagan and Marchment? Uh, or is it just one of those things where I, you know, because here's here's why I'm wishy washy. I'd love to have a good opinion on this, but I love that third line. Like when that third yeah. line comes on the ice, uh, you know, I'm excited. In fact. I, you know, minute wise, they might be the third line, but I kind of consider that the second line. Yeah, I, I don't, I think you don't, uh, I don't think you mess with that part right there. I think if anything, there's a space where maybe if we get, if you get Garyanov going and everything like that, maybe you give Denny another try up there. Like maybe you, tr- maybe you play around with getting, with shifting Sagan kind of back to the middle, moving Foxa down, getting Garyanov up there. Like maybe that, but like, I, I think it's it's kind of the whole like what is it? It's like there's like I think I remember there's like there's something from like like Sun Tzu and the art of war or something like that. It's like when you strengthen one place, you weakened another. And so like I think you kind of you you know your strength there. And I think you want to keep that. You want to keep you don't want to take away from that group and its flow. Like mess within a game here or there. Okay, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But I I, I like having a three-pronged attack. I like having that where you can build that way. And I think maybe with Garyanov is really impressing and really playing well, maybe the solution is sliding Sagan back to the middle, moving Garyanov up and seeing what happens. Like, I just wonder if that's a possibility too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, trade deadline and odds of James Van Riemsdyk, who currently plays for Philadelphia, team after trade deadline. Staying with the Flyers, 41.6%. Next, the Dallas Stars at 16%. So I wanted to throw that. Uh, that's pen- betpennsylvania.com. Analyzed it and wanted to throw that out there. I like the veteran. I think he's a big body. I think he can score your goals. Got a good net presence. I uh, don't know if they can make it work. Don't know what Philadelphia is going to ask for. Um, but they, they, you know. they really, the highest odds really had him staying in Philly. Yeah, 41 40 uh, almost 42% followed by Calgary, Vegas uh with the stone injury, Vegas might move up. Uh yeah, Toronto I, and then the field had 13.6%. Yeah, I, I just I don't I, I see very little chance of him staying in Philly. He's a UFA who's how old is he now? He's 33. He's a UFA who's 33 and is making like that would be malpractice by by Hextall if he uh 
by Ron yeah. Hextall if he doesn't if he doesn't move him. So I, I I have a very hard time seeing him not getting moved. Um, I his season this year is I, I think he I mean he could boost I think he could boost the Stars lineup. He could he could he could help he could come in and play on that second line right away and. And then all of a sudden we have that, what we we're just talking about before and you're moving and, and, and it's getting better in that solution. So I wouldn't be opposed to a Van Riemsdyk trade. I, I would be weary of what the cost is yeah. just because I think it's when, when you're dealing with rentals and overpaying and everything like that. I mean, the stars don't have the, um, they already traded it for a first round pick for Nils Lundqvist, right? So you got to yeah. remember you're already dealing from a slightly depleted hand anyway. So I would, uh, I would just be careful of what the return is. And I, and it's something where I go back to with the stars team. Like I think there are players to go after and I think there's things to look at, but I also think you just have to be careful about making the right move because it is a team that is playing very well and is going to be a tough out and is going to be a threat in the playoffs. And you just want to make sure you're not, um, some, I, I just always go back to sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So the Minnesota Wild in town tonight. And with the day off yesterday, I got to spend some time with some wild people. And uh, getting a game preview, first thing I asked, how's Ryan Reeves fitting in? And they said, like, great. Great room guy. I, 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 you knew I, I was going to ask I, that, right? I do. I do. I, I got to I gotta give you crap. Like, I, I knew you would ask Understandable. about Understandable. Understandable. It's my man crush. Yeah, yeah, That's totally yeah, my man crush, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just, I'm, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a big Reeves guy. So, yeah. uh, other things. They said the struggle on, you know, five on five, the struggle's real. So that that's one thing, you know, that they're struggling with is scoring ability on uh, five on five. They lost to the uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, the other night. And, you know, they also talked about how Sam Steele's been disappointing and moved down on lines. He was between, um, you know, just not really, you know, they, they had high expectations and he hasn't come through. Uh, currently on the uh, second line, uh, they said the Zuccarello, uh, Kaprizov combo, the chemistry is unreal between them. So yeah. um, it's an interesting game because the Wild currently sit in third, but they're tied with the Avalanche. Um, so you kind of look at this as, you know, you could technically face them at some point. And uh, I love games like this because to me, you know, tonight kind of shows you to the second half where you at within the division. Um, clearly, the first half was successful. And, uh, you know, Wild Stars games, as you know, Sean, are uh, are quite interesting. There always seems to be something happening when it comes to Wild and Stars. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun 
always uh, loaded with storylines, rivalry that somehow just always finds ways to deliver. Like I look at, uh, I think it's uh, like there's the there was the big comebacks. There's been playoff series together. Yeah. Like they always, it, it it always seems to produce something. And there's obviously always a little bit of the uh, fun fan back and forth where the the wild uh, Minnesota fans claim the stars stole their team yep. stars team stars fans respond that the wild trying to use North star colors and everything like that is them trying to steal a history. They don't have. So it's always a fun little bit of a back and forth. Um, As far as the, like this edition of it and, and where things are, the, the wild are in a very interesting spot right now where they're just kind of middling, right? Like, like, the stars for so like the wild are let's see over their last 10 games the, the the wild are have actually won more games in their last 10 than the stars did but the stars are four two and four mm-hmm. and as much as the uh, gotta get the job done in overtime at some point i don't really like the stars have been in a position to win in eight of their been in a position to win in regulation eight of their last 10 games like the stars four two and four marks a bit of a off, a little bit of a uh, misnomer for me because a three on three is not going to be a factor once the playoffs start at Minnesota though is much more like a middling team where they're they're good in the one night they're bad the next and Colorado is just coming for them now Colorado's humming along yep. Calgary's going to start going they're a team that they're 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 just they're in the spot where they have to start making moves in the standings because they risk potentially being caught and cut out completely. Like that's something where it's, 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 it's wild. Ah, it's, it's wild. No, like, and that's what they were like, saying. They're like, we're trying yeah. to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to mention, you know, the focus tonight, uh, obviously will be on that first line, but mm-hmm. the wild recently signed Matthew Boldy to a seven year, $7 million a year. Uh, he's picked up 68 points in his first 89 career games. So I tell Stars fans, kind of put the spotlight on him tonight because um, mm-hmm. he'll have his chances, and I really like him as a player. He's a good player. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's, uh, he, yeah, he, he's good. So. so, all right, let's have some fun. Uh, tell us about All-Star Weekend. You were mm-hmm. there. Uh, hijinks. What'd you think of the bits, the skills, you know, give, give, give uh, us your, you know, give us your yeah. honest, you know, because yeah. I will say from a national perspective, they did get some publicity out of this. Yeah. Uh, game is, uh, the game is, uh, the game was better than expected for me, actually. Like the, 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 cause I, that's one where my expectations are on the floor for where that game is, but uh, the second game in particular was actually the two tie sides were trying. I think the Kachuk brothers basically, basically kind of decided they were going to drive some energy into their team, and that team entire team kept going. Um, but the skills competition was just as a disappointment for me because it's something where it was kind of the last, like from an event standpoint, one of the last things that still like had a um, that had like a. That still had the that still had appeal to it, and they just and it was between 
it was where you took some things where you still had good content, but, and you know this, Gavin, as someone who works in radio, right? Like, you also have to make sure you deliver and package your content in the right way. And I don't think the NHL did that. I think it got too confusing. It got too convoluted. Yeah. And it just kind of lost the viewer. Yeah. That, that's, that to me was the biggest issue where the content itself wasn't different, but the, how it was delivered and packaged just started to lose people. And it just, that was the most frustrating thing for yeah. me from, for me, one of the most, one of the, the best parts of all-star weekend for me just from my perspective and from my role as a, as a writer and everything like that is it's the great chance to pick 40 of the 40 of the best players in the world's brains in a more relaxed environment and um i've got a story coming out on ep ringside later today about the uh for example coming out later today just about how how goalies how goalies have adjusted and and the goaltender view of the of the lacrosse move, the Michigan, right? And it was a great time. I talked to Andre Vasilevsky. I talked to UC Saros. I talked to uh, Lena Solmark. I talked to Connor Hellebuck, just like in a relaxed environment. Um, I talked to, um, talk, had a good chat with Leon Dreisaitl just about German hockey and where, where it's going and kind of the growth on that. Just like that to me is such as the valuable space where you get more of these, uh, just, just these stories you're able to get in the more relaxed environment. It's nice to have a break where it's, it's you take away from some of the, the grind of a season because it's a grind of a season. It will be very interesting, Gavin, to see um, what the event looks like in Toronto next year because they've been doing these things for like last two years where they're like, okay, let's add these outdoor events. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I think the crowd will obviously be into it in Toronto. It's, the, it's Toronto, but you can't do a you can't do a dunk take outside in Toronto yeah. <laughs> in mid-February. So it will be interesting to see what this event looks like with some, with, with basically kind of the angle it's taken the last, uh, last two years. So, so here's something that I would like to see, but maybe the mask won't like to see. I would like them to add something of like a round table discussion. Um, I don't, if it's, if it's like veterans that no longer play, I just think what you're able to do, like you were mentioning, spend some time with some players. I love the personality of hockey, and I don't think it's promoted enough as far as the stories, the road trips, the nicknames, uh, the vocabulary they use. Um, I personally would be riveted to something like that. Um, You know, uh, Give a lot of credit to Spit and Chicklets because they do a good job on their podcast, like getting the stories out of players and getting them to laugh, and it shows great personality. So, personally, that's something I would like to see. Um, but I agree. I think Toronto is going to be interesting because you know that's basically the capital of hockey. So, um, let's see what they put on for the mecca. So that'll be interesting. Yep. yep. So you're a beast, and uh, it's great to be back. And uh, hopefully the Stars will pick up uh, two points tonight. It's nice to get some of these uh, home games in. And, uh, you know, candidly, it's nice to get the ice off the roads. We're getting a lot of rain right now, so uh, tons of water here in DFW. But uh, I will say it's great to talk to you again, my man, and uh, we will talk again soon. And uh, thanks for all the information. Uh, Awesome job on the D Magazine article. I uh, can't wait to uh, to see your EP ringside stuff, and uh, we will uh, continue to talk, and I'll talk to you on uh, Friday. 
Yep, and there's the dog telling us uh, that it's time as well. Yep, so uh, yep, everyone, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, uh, thanks for listening. Okay, and we'll, uh, we'll and be on, talking Friday. All right, and on Friday, I'm not going to bring up Ryan Reeves unless I have to. Okay. <laughs> It's, okay. it's, it's like Radic Fox <laughs> or Ryan Reeves. Those are my two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a great day, and thanks for listening to Spits and Suds.